You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Well, it's day 440 of the lockdown. We are still in a state of disaster. And I was going to say it's time to be blunt. Uh, it really is time to be blunt with the brand father, Jeremy Sampson, MD of Brand Finance Africa. But for a altogether different reason, because we're also joined by Martin Kingston, the CEO of Rothschild and the head of business for South Africa, on a day where I sense a bit of a sea change or sea shift, uh, maybe you can kick us off, Jeremy. What do you make of this decision that we, we heard earlier today? Has the buffalo finally dealt with the elephant in the room? Hello, Michael. Hello, listeners. And hello, Martin. Wow, fantastic, isn't it? I think we're all absolutely amazed and very pleased. Um, we know that this is something that should have happened a long, long, long time ago. And uh, where does it leave the minister? Uh, not mm. just the minister of mines, no, Gwed Mintashe, but also the minister in charge of ESCOM. No, what's his name again? We haven't seen him for a long time, have we? Provin somebody. <laughs> um, I think it's about time some dead wood was chopped out. You know, we're hearing that the president is going to have some sort of reshuffle in mind soon. And as you said earlier, uh, he's actually shown confidence to overrule a very, very, very senior member of this cabinet. Um, and that, I think, is very good news for all of us. Uh, uh, let's wish him more strength to his arm and more speed as well, because speed now becomes the essence. Those of us who are shivering in the dark know that this should have happened some years ago. Yeah, the uh, the optics of uh, people suffering uh, from the effects of COVID on oxygen, uh, not able to get it during uh, load shedding, is certainly not the kind of message you want to be flying into the G7 in the UK with. Martin, what does this mean for our energy crisis? Well, it doesn't mean anything uh, today, unfortunately, Michael, but it does mean a lot in the imminent future. If we're going to be able to bring new capacity on stream, uh, then this decision or announcement, I should say, by the president and by uh, Minister Mantash goes a long way to not only shoring up confidence, but demonstrating that we've got a meaningful way of bringing uh, new power into the system as quickly as possible. But we need to recognize that when we're talking about projects of this size and scale, uh, seeing them actually come to fruition and operationalize is going to take uh, uh, an extended period of time. Uh, and that is the other thing. There are still uh, risks and, and uh, hurdles to overcome, but it does send the right message. Jeremy, to bring you back in, the, the message that we've been talking about uh, is, is one of execution of Operation Vulandlela uh, working in the background, but we hadn't yet seen any evidence of uh, OV, as it's called, really shifting the needle, starting to uh, unblock political bottlenecks. Is this the strongest signal now that Operation Vulundlele is actually starting to work? Well, again, you're absolutely right that we've got the right signal. But we're not very good at following through, are we? We're not very good at making things actually happen. Um, once a decision is made, still the timeline seems to stretch out and out and out. And this is where I would hope that the private sector be brought in to work alongside the public sector and the private sector knows how to g things up they know how to make things happen and that's what we need now we need action there's so much talk i'm afraid in the country and so little action so now we've got a decision we've got the green light let's uh -huh. see where the action comes from martin speaking of action what is b4sa working on at the moment i know you're very active on the vaccine rollout side uh, all the other streams seem to be um, uh, winding down a little bit. Uh, I'm not hearing much about it. What is beef? What, what happens to beef? say now, uh, does it get wound up? 
So uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, the work we were doing on the economic uh, recovery plan has actually been uh, pushed into Business Unity South Africa, that is leading it in the context of the NEDLAC overseen work on the reconstruction and recovery plan announced by the President, and there's work going on there. And in fact, energy is an absolutely key area of focus, so we've been pushing uh, for the increase uh, not to not to 100, we're thrilled with 100, but to uh, uh, to 50 megawatts. Uh, B4SA, I think, as uh, Jeremy has said, is the best possible example of public-private partnership in the context of the vaccine rollout. The government cannot do it without support from all social partners, and business actually uh, can't give effect to it uh, without doing it under government's overall direction. And there we're not waiting for implementation. We know that we've got an immediate challenge, you know, the clear and present danger on a third wave and winter, uh, and the need to get the vaccine into as many people's arms as possible. And that we're doing hand in glove with government. And uh, Jeremy, just to bring you in on the the, the topic of uh, what organised business is doing at the moment, I, I listened intently to the chairman of the JSE, Nkola Leko Nyumbezi Haita, recently talking about the lack of listings on the JAC in a global listings boom and blaming our energy crisis on the fact that we're just not an attractive investment destination anymore. Has the JAC lost relevance? I think if it doesn't do something, and I'm not quite sure what the answer is, yes, it is losing relevance. When you actually look at the number of delistings, when you look at the major counters that have moved overseas, uh, to some people it, it has lost its way. Um, I think that's perhaps going a little bit too far, but it's certainly in a difficult position at the moment, and I don't know how it's going to get out of it. But you know, the fact of the matter is that when you look at the number of listings, they've dropped by a huge amount over the last five years or so. And we're hearing still that there's so much red tape, so many hurdles you have to overcome if you want some sort of listing, that some people say it's just not worth it. And then we're hearing of people delisting. Now, remember Nando's you know, going back, what, 25 years or so, listed for all of about two or three years, and then said, it's not worth it. No, we're out of here. Uh, and Martin, I mean, this is the capital markets you know exceptionally well. Uh, what do you make of the the fact that the JAC really has come under a lot of criticism lately? Uh, we're not seeing the kind of capital markets activity that we'd like to. We're in the midst of a commodities uh, bull cycle, questions around whether it is a super cycle or not. But we really should be seeing a lot more activity on the local exchange. Yeah, I don't think we can criticise the JSC for that, Michael. I, I think we should all be very proud of having one of the foremost uh, exchanges, not in Africa, by the way, but in the world. Uh, and it does an extremely good job on a transparent, efficient basis. But the reality is that it's only as good as the product it's trying to sell. Uh, we need to compete, and this is the point that we made relentlessly last year in the context of the reconstruction uh, programme for the country. We need to compete with capital everywhere else. And if we don't have an efficient and vibrant uh, economy, then the capital that we're trying to retain here or indeed attract South Africa is going to go elsewhere. And that's exactly what is happening. We were pleased to see the results uh, that emerged in terms of the Q1 growth. But it's frankly woefully inadequate to, to, to deal with the challenges that we've got. And I mean, what Jeremy has pointed out is that there's a big gap uh, between what we say and what we do, uh, implementation. Uh, we need to focus on a very limited number of areas that can move the needle and using capital markets to achieve that is just the one of the levers that we've got at our disposal.
And we also need to roll out the welcome mat, Jeremy. If you look at what happened with the Competition Commission's decision to block the Burger King transaction based on public interest and not concerns about competition, I mean, one can argue that the deal is overwhelmingly favourable to the public interest and that it shouldn't be blocked because it was favourable to the current Grand Parade shareholders, to uh, future potential suppliers, to uh, potential employees as a committed to employ more previously disadvantaged South Africans, uh, yet Sadly, we seem to see the Commission mired in in an ideological stance on a very narrow reading of the the public interest. Yes, and and this is where I I sometimes wonder if the officials in positions where they can make big decisions like this are fully aware of what's going on around the world and the global scene. Because after all, um, it was great fanfare, wasn't it, about two or three years ago, when President Ramaphosa appointed his ambassadors to go out and bring the money in, as it were, Trevor Manuel and about five other gentlemen, as I recall. Now, they've been cut off at the knees by this decision. There must be a lot of people looking from overseas and saying, well, is it worth us going into South Africa? We know that major companies like Heineken and Anheuser-Busch have put decisions for more inward investment, building new breweries and whatever, on hold until things are more clear. And I'm sure it affects other sectors as well. And as you point out, that will create jobs, money for the fiscus. It's a benefit to the entire South African economy. And as Africa opens up more and more, South Africa is still seen as the gateway to Africa. Well, at the moment, we're not being able to react and do things. And this is where, again, I think private public sectors need to be talking more to each other so that they understand the pressures each has got to deal with. Jeremy Sampson, the brand father with the Brands and Sense, uh, joined this week by Martin Kingston, uh, CEO of Rothschild uh, and uh, founding uh, voice of B4SA, talking about the big story of the day, and that is the president's decision to lift the cap from one megawatt uh, to 100 megawatts for own gen. Still a lot of work to do, though, if we are to recover much of the lost ground that uh, we saw from uh, 2007 to 2017.